welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this week's episode, the doctor talks about the revolution adding a third First Avenue show, the Prince Online Museum, Montreux Jazz Festival, Prince's Purple Rain House and other properties, Sting recording a Prince tribute song, and other news. And now, he's super funkocalifragisexy, Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, thank you so much, Ida, for that. Make sure to look for Show Me What You Got on iTunes. Please make sure, as you're welcome to the Dr. Funk podcast, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes. You can go ahead and sign up on Stitcher as well. Look for us. Subscribe. Leave reviews if you want. Get the word out. Make sure to tweet us, Facebook us, tell your mom about us. It's always a good thing. Right now, what we want to do is play a little bit of a song to get us in the mood. Kick it off. A little bit of old school Prince. Here's I Wish You Heaven from you haven't still the jam and what's going on in the world today we need a little bit of that going on 
Um, hope y'all are good. Whatever time you're listening to this at, if you're in bed, thank you. Now, what we're going to get to is some stuff, um, that happened since the last podcast we talked about, uh, revolution adding another show at first Avenue Thursday. Anyone, uh, who's been listening to the show, they knew about it. They knew to look for it and it happened. I know some people were taken by surprise for it. Chris was, uh, on a little bit, my producer, Chris here, he was on a little bit of a vacation, but he was right on it, but yeah. doesn't mean you're going to the show, but you knew about it and were aware for other people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It was kind of cool. We, we were in the middle of the vacation and, you know, I was with uh, some other Prince fans and, uh, yeah, boom, it came out, checked it out, pulled up tickets, didn't pull the trigger though, but we were able to get in. So it was pretty, uh, pretty cool that they threw another show on there. I was kind of hoping it was Sunday, but that's okay. I know there's a lot of people that are happy they'll be able to get a show in that they couldn't get the Friday or Saturday tickets, right? So that were local though. I think one of the reasons that stopped you from going is you already have your plane tickets, correct? Right. Yeah. Same. Tickets and hotel already done. So. Yeah. Little too much to add that extra day in, but yeah, I think locals, a lot of locals will be able to take advantage of that Thursday night show. That's good. So I don't know. I'm kind of proud of us in a way of just being on top of everything for the fans, even with him not being here anymore. Unfortunately, like we're still able to be the go-to place for stuff, how it's always been. So that probably gives people a little bit of hope about what I mentioned on September 25th, of that tribute memorial concert happening in Minnesota as well. So we'll keep you updated. You know, we heard about August and Taika put it out there and never put an update. And here it is. We're about a month out from her original date. Oh no, it's less than a month out. It was August 13th and that didn't happen. And they were trying to do the 25th. Now we're hearing September 25th. Like sometimes, you know, it's, he did prepare us for stuff, and we said that before. And um, today, um, saw that we had a review of his Montrose shows from seven years ago. I don't know if we discussed this, um, but Prince was in negotiations to play multiple nights at Montreux this year. It was its 50th anniversary, and he was going to do two piano and a microphone shows at least. And to just not see that happen with how amazing his Montrose shows were in 2013, 2009, I think even 2007, and how different they were every time. I mean, that would have been the ultimate stage for this piano tour. And it would have been recorded like the other ones, but will it have been released unlike the other ones haven't? Um, Do you think those other ones will get released eventually? I think now with the estate, it makes more sense. I mean, the reason that he didn't really want to release it before is he wanted the money to be right. See, Prince always put himself up at a higher level of stuff of what it should be. Just like um, in 2005, you know, at the end of the musicology run, they were, he wanted to do a TV special. And then Jamie Foxx just did one for NBC and he got paid a million bucks. So Prince is like, okay, I want, I want some of that NBC money. I want to do a musicology special. And then they're like, okay, a million bucks. He went, no, you paid Jamie a million. I want two million. Like, I'm, I'm worth double what Jamie is. They didn't see it that way, that Jamie was a bigger name, would give him more ratings. So then he goes to HBO. HBO is willing to pay him what he wants, even a little bit more. 
but then saying that he cannot uh, perform anywhere for a year. And he's like, that's his livelihood. No, forget it. Although what's interesting was, aside from house parties, the only TV appearance he did in 2005 was the NAACP Image Awards Vanguard Jam, you know. But yeah, he always put himself high, and this is why we haven't had releases of Montreux and other things. I know in 2009, you know, the guy who ran Montreux is no longer here and other producers, uh, they didn't think there was enough hits in the first set. So he asked for a second set. They did a little red Corvette, and that's where he got the Montreux-style version was that one was rehearsed. Um, but, you know, Montreux probably didn't think there was enough hits in there to be doing it to pay him what he wanted. I know that video of that is circulating in audio, which is amazing. Um, not so much with 2013, although there has been some clips here and there. Someone's got it. Yeah, I, I saw mean, the uh, Let's Go Crazy. You can find that online. Right. And we we know that the audio is out there unofficial, just not the video. There's been a few other things that have shown up. It just shows how amazing he is. And it just sucks, dude, because it really is just starting to hit me. Like, you know, I was telling someone um, just with the photos, like I'm not seeing anything new or unreleased anymore. I, mean, I have some stuff. I don't want to go through it. I mean, that's why I put out the mantra image I had today. I'm like, oh, that isn't really out there, you know, and I always have photo credit for stuff. But damn, man, it's just really starting to hit me that yeah. he's no longer here. That Yeah, yeah. the piano and the microphone would have been perfect on that. I mean, it just would have been the best. That's the ultimate stage. Yeah. And there's other, there's other places that he was in negotiations to talk with. I kind of want to save that. Uh, New York, I'll just say that, but I knew like locations and it just would have been amazing. <sighs> you know, it just, I don't know, it just seems so unfair. And then we have this Sting is releasing a new album soon. He just oh, played yeah. the Hollywood Bowl with Peter Gabriel last night and he said like there's this track he's doing 50,000 watts or whatever and he was recording it the week that Prince passed. So he's going to do it. Interestingly enough, like I was listening like putting a little song collection together and then fragile came on by sting. I don't know. I, I like that song, but it's a little kind of sad. So I really hope for Prince. It's a little bit more of an upbeat tune. I don't know, man, all these people doing tributes and writing songs for him and he should still be here, dude. Like he should be writing songs for other people, like taking Alice Smith's another love and making it his own man. Right. Like just ridiculous. Oh, we should have had a celebration, you know, we he wanted one this year. He, he wanted to do that at Paisley as well. So he had all these things planned, and just some some of these things were so amazing that I wish would happen. I mean, he did tell me before that he would play Glastonbury one day when they get that sound right. He's like, uh, he's like the Stones. They sounded terrible there. He's always comparing everything to the Stones. Like when the Stones did the Super Bowl. Like if I do the Super Bowl, you gotta have the sound right. It can't be like the Stones the year previously. Like he's always looking at them as like arch benchmark. And here's Mick Jagger, 72, right? And he's about to have his eighth kid with a 29-year-old. I guess he found the fountain of youth. I wish he would have freaking gave it to Prince. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, man. And, let, and other things that he did or didn't do, like, look, his presence on the web was amazing. And the Prince Online Museum with Sam Jennings, Scott Clay, and the other person I'm forgetting right now, really try to do this without notes so it causes that to happen so i apologize um 
they did this really great thing of putting like MPG online, LTD.com, love for another, um, MPGMC, the version one, MPGMC version two, Lotus Flower. Really, really great. Recreated all of those in one place. And then you were telling me like cyber single and other things that you can actually play them. The and links stuff. actually worked. So the music, you can actually stream the music. It was just so cool to hear cyber single. I haven't heard that in a long time. And see, when Chris told me about that, I go, oh, wow, let me check it out. Because I only checking it out through my phone. I didn't think the links were working. So I pull up MPG. I pull up Prince Online Museum. Yeah, right before we go to record. And I just tell Chris, and Chris just has his mouth open as I read him this message. It's now on Prince Online Museum that says, In the spirit of love and respect, the Prince Online Museum is offline while we come to an agreement with Prince's estate on how best to preserve his legacy. Thank you for understanding and for continued support. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date. Uh, Yep. It was too good to be true, huh? You know, when you were telling me that there were singles up there, that's what kind of like did it for me. I don't know. It may may have been more than that, but they're slow getting out the cease and desist letters. I never had to deal with one, fortunately. I did have to deal with... uh, Trevor Guy and myself bumping heads, who is Adonna Grant is his husband of Third Eye Girl. Um, because there are certain things over the years that I was given leeway to. It's like I was that positive nuisance that if anyone else posted photos or videos of certain things, they would get in trouble. I remember this one time, a Prince being at a festival, and apparently, like, you know, you had people complaining about the volume of noise and how late it went to because, you know, Prince doesn't take the stage uh, early. <laughs> or on time sometimes. <laughs> so he came out with a megaphone and was like, da, 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 here's a warning. It's going to be cool. And it's going to be funky. And then he goes, Ow. into the, into the micro, into the megaphone. And it was just so funny. And like when we were like a few years later, when he was giving me days of wild and loose, I had to put up on there as a, a 20 minute jam before the welcome to Australia tour. He was wanting that megaphone shot and see here's Prince. Don't take any photos of me. You know, I had that video up. I was never told to take it down. He loved it. And then here it was. A few years later, he was remembering it. Hey, let's get a shot. And all we could find was a small shot. I went, dude, like I can't. It's going to get pixelated. We're only putting this on Twitter. It's different. So we didn't use it. That's just a funny thing. You know, it just reminds me of another time um, where Prince was on the 2010 tour looking great, looking cool. And then kind of like. He was wearing like he started wearing different outfits around 2011 and he was overseas before he did the New York Welcome to America shows. And it was just like because I remember a musicology after the Janet Jackson nipple thing. He was asked at a press conference about, you know, we don't like old skin. He doesn't show it off. Right. But Prince was feeling really good during some of those shows after 2010 because he would sometimes open up his shirt and show off his skin. And then I get a note from a. Uh, Karen, hey, if you have any photos from the concert tonight, post them of like Prince with his shirt open. He wanted to be known that his body was looking good and he was doing this. So these are the things. No way. Yeah. That oh I my get away with. And wow. then like with Trevor, I bumped heads because the thing is, is that for permission of everything, you had to go through Prince. The thing is, is Julia, Karen, others knew they knew that he liked what I wrote. And I wouldn't put out photos that make him look bad. And those those were his assistants at the time, right? Yeah, and Trevor was mostly handling stuff. Okay. 
excuse me. And um, it just, it really, you know, we would bump heads a lot because he didn't understand that he didn't have to go through Prince for that stuff. And he would even tell me nine out of 10 times when I tell people stuff, it's coming from Prince. I go, well, dude, like this is, this is the time, you know, like I just couldn't understand things. And I understood that there'd be interviews where they'd say they're going to be doing certain things. And then I would just re I would give credit to where it came from and put it out there. And he's like, Hey, your site's more official. People look for it. Can you take it down that we're going to be doing this? They're going to split it into, we're going to make it one long show at the myth instead of two. And I'm like, but dude, it's already on the current.org. Like they're bigger than me. Yeah. The fans may look, but hello. Then you're telling me to take off all this stuff and it makes like, I'm not going to freaking give the fans the info. I want them. I want this to be the one stop shop. Just like eventually this is going to be your music, you know, place to be for everything. Prince late and other stuff. We want this to be a one stop shop. And I would get upset about it. And I'd be like, dude, I feel like I'm letting Prince down because of like how you're freaking shackling me. And just like, you know, it's been three years since, um, I went to rehearsal at Paisley to see Montreal and we talked a lot about a book and then other things and see, I was giving clearance at the time. And then I go, Hey, you know, I want to publish the interview uh, that me and Prince, what we talked about the book and other things. And he's like, okay, send it over first for approval and we'll let you know. And I went, Nope, forget it. I never had to approve for anything. I did spreecast shows, radio interviews, Everything I said was always fine with him. Now there's this person, like, he's worried. I'm like, nah, because I know what it's going to be is what we said face-to-face comes off better, just like we're talking. Sometimes when you read it, people read into things. It's just like with texting. you got to be careful what you text someone because it could be misinterpreted. When you're saying it vocally or understand where it's coming from, there's less room for interpretation. You know directly what it's going to be. Right. So I really wasn't cool with that, man. And I bumped heads with him a lot more than anyone hmm. in the past. And like, I got respect for Trevor. I mean, you saw him a few weeks ago at the BET tribute. Yep. And he's like, Hey man, I owe you a few emails. I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it, dude. Like, but I've always been cool like that. But the thing is, is that we, me and him weren't, weren't that cool. And I know it wasn't exactly coming from Prince and it just made things frustrating for me. Um, to just get stuff out and then just kind of be shackled where I knew what to put out and I didn't have to worry about this stuff. Cause we look when it came to the piano and the microphone shows us announcing it, giving tour dates, just like in run previous tours, we're always doing that, you know? So it's just kind of frustrating to me. Yeah. So what do you think's going on with, uh, with the, uh, the online museum? Do you think that's the family or do you think the trust is saying, Hey, anything with copyrighted material, yeah, I mean, even though they were officially the people that did it when they were employed, right? Maybe it's just because it's not officially sanctioned. You know, it was done as kind of a tribute, which I thought was brilliant. But right. I'm actually surprised that that they stepped in so quickly. It's just it's interesting to me. It's kind of like he's still here because here's a cease and desist. Right. We know that this wouldn't fly when he's here. He's no longer here, and there's just certain things I think that he'd be okay with with him not being here anywhere. There's certain things that he just let bygones be bygones. And it was just showing what an innovator of the internet he was. I mean, dude doesn't give any, get, get any credit, yeah. but in 1994 releasing interactive, the video game, and then 
selling albums online before anybody and just knowing that this was going to be the future. And it was tough back then, dude. I mean, you had to deal with and all those sounds <laughs> just to get like the, the same December video to play or other things. Like it was ridiculous, but he's like, no, this is where it's going to be. And we're like, man, everything's freaking slow. You got to wait for it to load. You know, if someone calls your phone line over and over, it disconnects your, your young ass. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But it just showed what an innovator he was and just creative and that he really didn't hate the Internet. He just had a love-hate relationship with it. I mean, look, like every time like I was trying to come up with something, you know, Julia would say, you know, like, yeah, let's wait because... Whatever new album concept we have, there's going to be a web concept for it. Just there was for, for Third Eye Girl. Right. It's like there was for um, Lotus Flower and all these other things. There was always a concept to go with his album, which was frustrating because you really wanted him just you wanted him to do well and you wanted his presence to be known. It would kind of been cool, especially when the Prince Rackets abandoned the name. Prince.com was available. I really wish he would do that, would have purchased that. And then any name that he came up with, like Third Eye Girl, Third Eye Tunes, the Prince.com, it can redirect you to it. That would have been so cool to me, you know, because I, you know, I know I'm sure when people first get online, they're like, oh, looking for my favorite musicians, blah, blah, blah. Prince.com. Just like after a while, the Prince Third Eye, Third Eye Girl handle, after he took that down, he just put it to Prince. You knew it was him. Makes sense. Right. But to him, it didn't. Yeah. It was always more difficult than it had to be. Yeah. There's um, a quote that I saw that I really liked. Uh, I forgot exactly when it was that he said it. Um, I don't think it was during the Webbies, but uh, he said, it's okay to be on. It's okay to be on the computer as long as you don't let the computer be on you. Yeah. And that's it's, it's so thing. profound, especially now. Right. And just reminds me of the stuff that I hate about Facebook. You know, it's like, like, I have to worry about that. Like when people are tweeting me or messaging me on the Facebook fan page or when I post, it's like sometimes I feel like I can't make another post or I can't do nothing because here's someone asking me questions or they send an email and I just can't respond because of... I know what they're doing. They're they're looking at oh, you know, Jay um, you know, he's not responding on Twitter, but there he goes posting on Instagram, you know, or I send him an email, you know, wanting to know if he'll help promote our stuff, and I don't know who you are, and I just feel bad. And then sometimes it'll be like friends they haven't heard from a while and they want their band promoted, and you're just like, dude, like I can't do that. So you have to be worrying about it, and this is what I mean by the internet. Is we have everything in one place with our device now that send someone a text, send someone an email, you, you call them, they don't answer. Um, and then I can't, I feel like I can't tweet, I can't Instagram, I can't Facebook because I'm being watched. So I just have this policy, like I just don't pick up phone calls. You know, like I have to be knowing that you're calling or you have to be someone really, really special because it just isn't going to happen. Like I got to get a warning or... That's it. That's how I just feel with this internet world is just that, yeah, I use it to my advantage. I have to. You know, I'm getting, trying to get Instagram followers, trying to get verified on Twitter, 
the Facebook stuff and you have to constantly be posting so your show shows your stuff shows up. Our show shows up, which has been a difficult <laughs> thing as well, and that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Um, it's just been frustrating. So you just have these things where I try to make the internet work for me. I know that people are trying to make the internet work for them. Like that's one of the reasons like I have the Galaxy is you don't have those little iPhone things where people can tell when you read the message or not. Um, although our friend Kurt last week, I was emailing him, no, texting him regarding a, a birthday party that I have coming up, party um, for myself and for Deanna. Um, and it showed that he read the message and then it goes, Kurt is typing. And I'm like, what? Cause I hear this is what goes on with iPhones. I don't like that. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> no. I'm like, thank God it's only Kurt. I'm like, this is not good. You know, it just reminds me of Blackberry with the D and the receive and it's just games, dude. I just... You know, I, I totally related to him. I mean, I understood, like, his whole things. Like, he wanted to be able to reach out to people. He didn't want people to be able to reach out to him. That's how I feel. You mean Prince? Yeah. Okay. Totally. I can I completely understand that, man. You know, just this world. And I just think that we're so isolated. And then you see what's going on in the world. It really makes me feel that, that I know, look, I know there's more good in the world than bad. But, dude these bad people make a lot more noise than the good people. Yep. It just sucks, man. I don't know what we can do about that to change it. You know, whether it's in Minneapolis, whether it's in Louisiana, whether it's in Kansas city, whether it's in nice, just frustrating, dude. And I just rather focus on the positive. And I think sometimes that's my own problem is that I try not to look at negative things. And I try to be positive about everything and the other people uh, just don't get that. You know, I mean, do you have that a lot? I mean, is a po- is being positive a bad thing? No, that's, I think that's, you have to. I mean, that's, I'm kind of in the same boat as far as, you know, trying to stay positive, always looking for the silver lining and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when, you know, social media is just full of all this just devastatingly sad stuff, you know, and sometimes you just have to walk away from it, put it down. You know, it's okay to to put your phones and your devices down for a while and reconnect with the people that are important in your life, you know, at concerts and whatnot. But you know what? On that note, I did like that. He was being more active when it came to social media with yeah. Instagram, which he took from the Fallon skit. Um, and with Twitter, I really liked that he was being more out there and whatnot. Of course, there'd be people trying to contact him all the time that when they finally figured out it was him running the account, you know, it's just, it's funny because in 2013, he wanted nothing to do with Twitter. I'm like, so are you like, are you going to ever run the Twitter account? I don't tweet. I don't tweet. He was so against it. And we just talked about things. I don't, I didn't see it as a bad thing, you know, and I'm sure, you know, and this is nothing to do with me. I'm sure Trevor and Joshua and Hannah and all of them had more of an influence on that because they were using it, you know? Yeah, they were a great influence, I think, in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it was great. Like, it sucked that he took the account away for a while. I did think it was great when he came back and he he would talk more. And, like, look, like, when those shows happened in January and people, like, he was giving them a hint and people were buying plane tickets, when tickets went on sale afterwards, he he asked on Twitter that the account said, 
Is anyone who has a plane ticket that doesn't have a ticket to the show? See, you couldn't do that beforehand. No. You know, of course, it'd be nice whoever's running the Revolution account, you know, <laughs> would kind of look into stuff, you know, or just that whole thing. Like Prince was a genius on it. As much as you went through hurdles to get Prince tickets, and we talked about this last week, right? Yeah, you were able to get them. Yep. It may it may have been harder. But you didn't have to be freaking going to StubHub and seeing tickets up there for $500, $600. Right. He did there a were, great job of getting around the scalpers for sure. There were times where it happened sometimes. Yeah. But. You can't avoid it 100%. But, right. But he would try. Yeah. You know, the whole wheel call, just, you know, why not? Just, you know, buy tickets through the website and leave your name at wheel call. There you go. Scalpers sidestepped. And that's why I think the revolution would have been totally cool if they did two shows a night. Because they just said, we're going to play First Avenue two shows. Here's the dates, my ticket at money at the door. And my only reason for that is that Prince was doing that overseas where he's got a, like a very, very loyal fan base and they would show up. And sometimes he was trying to do three shows a night because he couldn't get everyone. But if you did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but maybe as we talked about, maybe the revolution isn't up to the shows to two shows a night. Like we saw Joe Perry, you know, he's recovering and he toured with Aerosmith a lot and had the other band with the Hollywood Vampires or whatnot with Johnny Depp um, and Alice Cooper. And then he went to cardiac arrest on stage or something. Just ridiculous, man. So they're not as seasoned as them. So maybe these are trial shows to see how they can handle it, which I understand, you know. Um, well, knowing the revolution, the, you know, I'm sure their work ethic is the same as it was back in the day. And I, I I know for sure they are working their asses off right now getting ready for that show, or those shows, I should say. Because like we said, they're definitely going to be touring. So it's not like they're doing this for just a one-time thing. So they're, they're, they're working their butts off now. You know it's going to be tight. It's got to be tight. Out of the respect of the, of the music and respect for Prince, it'll be. Just like in the pocket, Prince liked it tight, everything tight. I like things tight. Take that for what you will. Um, another interesting thing, and it just kind of closed on me, that we saw last year Prince's Purple Rain House, basically where the movie was shot, mm -hmm, uh, right. was up for sale. And there were some fans trying to buy it. You know, like they're putting their collective money together to purchase it so it doesn't go away. You know, they were afraid. So... What happens? Who ends up buying that house? Prince. Of course. Like. How cool is that? You know, like. And so he just recently purchased it, right? Last year. That's so cool. Last year after it went on sale. And then he, I'm known for, everyone's known for a long time, especially in Minnesota, that he has a lot of property over in Minnesota. A lot. And not just what was mentioned in the article. There's a lot more that people don't know about. And for years... The state of Minnesota was kind of worried that Prince didn't have a will and they were afraid what was going to happen to those acres and acres and acres of land that he owns, the different properties. They were worried about it. And that, that and, list that came out, it's pretty cool about all the different properties that I didn't even know about. It's pretty was, neat. Dude, when I was like a few years ago, I'm like, he's going to be around for a while. They don't need to be yeah. worrying about that stuff. And now you look at this crap and it just sucks. Yeah. But it's so cool where the house was filmed. Yep. So you own that. What are, what are the other ones? Do you have some other ones that you remember? See, 
the one and it kind of sucks like where his father lived it was originally his house like there's an old photo from back in the day when prince got his first bmw and he got his car against it it's in that and here's a very cool story that, that was the purple house right is that yeah. the purple house okay and before that became john's house here's a really cool story um you know this is probably around 82 83 prince isn't kind of like known there like he's known in minnesota he isn't known worldwide yet right so this is this, this would be before 1999 came out it'd be before purple rain before the explosion probably before little red corvette um right around the, the 1999 time. tour yeah okay right so this little girl was dared not little it's probably 10 10 11 12 a little bit older dare you to knock on prince's door see if he answers and this is he didn't have like a gate around at the time okay so because there's a gate now right yeah it's, that's the one with the the heart, the heart and the, the peace. peace sign okay right okay so she knocks on the door and he answers. She has no idea. <laughs> He's like, yes. And she just goes, can I have your autograph? He's like, do you, basically, do you promise never to come here again, knock on my door? <laughs> and she's like, yes, one moment. So she's waiting. And then out here, a car comes behind them, behind her. And this is why he answered the door. Wendy and Lisa come, came out of the car. So he was expecting them. Oh. He gave her a note, love God, Prince, little cross thing. She went on her way. And what's interesting was, is that years later, Paisley Park was opening. Uh, they were doing stuff. They needed a new receptionist. This is around 88, 89. So she kind of put on the application or whatever, or let the person know beforehand, uh, the interview that, yeah, I have met Prince before and then told this story. And Prince basically was doing the interviews. And you remember the story and then he looked at her and was just laughing throughout the interview. Like, oh, I bet he hired her. She worked. She worked the front desk. She did a bunch of other stuff. Actually, on the uh, the thing, Totally Polly, that show where Polly Shore was at MTV, um, was at Paisley Park with MTV. Like she said that Prince, like Polly was looking for Prince and Prince was behind Polly the entire time while it's being shot. And like Polly's trying to interview her like, I don't know where Prince is at. Like this little blonde Vicky from Minnesota with a thick accent. Just hilarious. And like she told me stories like, you know, when he had the the new at that time off of Galpin Road, his new place to live. Like he'd constantly like want her to come over and play songs for her and ask where her opinion was. And she just wow. didn't know what to think. She'd be like, top of the charts, Prince. And I go, great, Vicky. So I guess we can thank you for Arns of Orion and Jughead, right? <laughs> Thanks a lot. She was his A&R person. Personal she A&R. was so cool. And then I talked to her about people who leak stuff. And she's like, damn, this guy like knows. Like, I wasn't around that time. I was too young. But I knew who was doing whatnot and how stuff was getting out. Like, she just like, he was a thief in the temple. You're right. And it's just like, and then here's the thing is, it's like, it's her friend, my friend, Christine, it's really her friend, Vicky, you know, but she's telling me all this stuff. And then Vicky pulls out something that I don't have to this day. I still don't have along with 2010, although it's supposed to be mailed uh, to me to someone, not breast. <laughs> What's wrong with you? 
This is a family show. Family, yeah. She pulled out a tambaraka in the box. Oh. And I was like begging to have it, to pay for it. And Christine was like, oh, if anyone's getting that, it's me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to give that up. But like she'd tell me like all these cool stories, how Uptown Magazine and other stuff, like they mailed it straight to Paisley Park, like the fanzines and other stuff. No way. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of fan letters, old school fan letters from back in the day that are kind of scary, man. Uh, Yeah, I bet. Uh, I just, it blows my mind that he'd get like the Prince family newsletter or the controversy magazine or Uptown magazine. There was Uptowns that she had that were labeled to Paisley Park that That she had. She didn't care. It was like Uptown number one. Uh, That's awesome. You know, it just, she's really cool. And I met like a lot of cool people like over the years, Takumi. Takumi can talk. Takumi is a plethora of information, man. That cat. And the thing is, is like, I remember, because that was through Christine where I hung out with him again. And, and Takumi, then, for people that don't know. Yeah. He's Prince's guitar tech. Long time guitar tech for a while. Between like, probably 97 through Musicology Tour 2004. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Takumi, Takumi would still be in the mix even towards the end, like they would be going to him, like what musicians they should use or through live nation. Takumi was always in the mix of stuff. So it was really cool. Like we talked with him and then like, like he'd be telling me about certain things. And I know it. And then Christine would be like worried, but then we'd talk about Bon Jovi and all this stuff. And this is before Takumi started working for Bon Jovi and a bunch of other acts. And then like, just went to Christine, like, man, this J guy, like he knows like everything about Prince, but everything about music, like that's hella cool. And I'm like, that's right. One of the <laughs> coolest roadies of all time is giving me props. You can put that down on your resume, Takumi. I'm cool with Takumi. Man, Takumi, like, I'm telling you, like, Takumi understands, man. He'll just be, like, trying to do his job. He was never trying to do stuff. And, like, these people be bugging him in his hotel room, you know, because a name like Takumi, he should, it's very easy to find. Like, hey, is Takumi there? And like, they're calling up the hotel. Like, I would have been using, like, names like I did that, that fool people like Peter Parker or other stuff, you know, <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, not, no, that see the Peter Parker is a little bit different. I'd, I'd probably be using like other different names as well. I mean, Peter's kind of a weird name, you know, it's not as good as Jay. And I like Jay seven better than Dr. Funkaberry. Like, you know, you can't like bring someone home to mom and dad, dad, mom, this is Dr. Funkenberry. They'd be like, what, really? Where is his PhD from? You know, Funkology, Musicology. I mean, it just doesn't work the same. And that's why I kind of want to use my real name. And then you have people still calling me uh, Jeremy or other stuff. I'd rather just be called Jay. But I know they're not trying to do it out of disrespect. There are others that do do it out of disrespect, and I know it. But uh, there's nothing we can do about that. But. I really met like some really, really cool people and heard like some awesome stories. That is a great story. You know, Vicky's cool. Like the last time I went to Minnesota in January, like Christine got like the gloves from Vicky and some other things that they have. And, uh, her husband, Trent, you know, who was a cool cat himself. Um, yeah. And it's just funny. Cause like we're, we're talking, this is like 2000, 2001. And, you know, we're chilling in Chan house and, you know, yeah. And basically like 
at one point or another, like I'm in a room full of people and these aren't Prince people, I'm in a room full of people that have basically said at one time or another, Prince hired people, <laughs> you know, that lived in Chan house. And one time or another, they were working for him. He's probably going to recycle and get more. So it's just kind of interesting, you know? That's great. So, okay, we were talking about properties, so we kind of went off on a tangent. Because that's a great I know, story. That was a great story. <laughs> but, but yeah, okay. The, the house where John, that, he had the purple piano, which he learned how to play when he was like seven years old, probably six. First songs, play the Batman theme, all that stuff. That was in the house. And then... Yeah, there the was family. the house the house that he grew up uh, grew up in with his dad, right? That's, That's different. He owns that property. Right. And then um he owned this one that he gave to his father before he got the one off of Galpin Road. Mm-hmm. So had he lived p- in Galpin for a long time, I guess, yeah. right? He had it destroyed in 2006. Such a bummer. Ah. But back to this one with the the gate with yeah. the heart and whatever. It's on what is it Ki- uh Kiowa? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to butcher the the name of the street, but I'm gonna let you deal with that. It's out there. I'm, I'm great with butchering names. Apparently, lately I can't even say almonds right anymore. <laughs> almonds, um, almonds, almonds. Shut up. <laughs> no, it was like <laughs> Kiowa, Kiowa Street. I know, I know. All my friends in Minneapolis are just cringing right now. But uh, yeah, but I've been there. It's cool. It's a- the house is no longer there yeah. because the family was fighting over stuff, and he had everything destroyed, including the purple piano on the inside oh, of the house. No way. So Galpin, the gate's still there. Yeah, the gate's yeah, at least still we there. can you can still get up there and take a picture. I've never done that. Yeah, I've been by the Galpin address and some other stuff, and you um, can just see the the gatehouse. That's it, right? It, everything else before, like because it kind of goes through the trees. You can't really see, and especially during the winter time, you could see more because there isn't oh, as many no trees, leaves. right? <laughs> and um, what I thought was know. really interesting, there was uh, uh, that he bought the acreage in Eden Prairie. It's like, I don't know, 800 or so acres where it was going to be the original site of Paisley Park. Mm. So he bought the land and he still owns the land. I I just thought that was kind of cool that at one time they wanted to have Paisley Park there. Right. And um, just with the Galpin Road address, like for what at its time when he purchased in the 80s, it was really nice. About 20 years later, the upkeep isn't as much. Although I think you can see some of the inside of on the get off house style video. Oh, is I that the that's Galpin the inside. house? Yeah. Cool. But it just kind of was run down. But I think that he was going through a divorce at the time and thought maybe there was a chance to split up property. I'm sure that played a little bit into effect of it. At the same time, he kind of wanted to divorce himself from the property. And he did it. And, you know, he always wanted to make a new house on the property. However, Prince has no patience. Nope. You know, and then people like, oh, no, Prince doesn't live at Paisley Park. Like, Okay, whatever. There were times where he'd live in a cul-de-sac neighborhood that he owned. Really? Yeah, like a house that he owned. Because, yeah, because after, after Galpin was torn down, I mean, didn't he just live at Paisley Park? No. He had houses. L.A., the oh, 3121 right. era. He was kind of mobile. And then <laughs> Vegas. Vegas for six months. Right. And then he was wanting stuff built in uh, London. Wanting a place there for while he was going to be there. I always said he was going to own a house there, just like he said in Australia as well. Um, but yeah, he had multiple houses in LA. And then 2011, never really came back to LA. I mean, he spent some nights at the Beverly Hills Hotel, his favorite hotel here, but it just wasn't the same anymore. 
you know, like he, he went back to Minneapolis and started living there and, um, really cool for them. Instead of having the house parties, you open up Paisley park. Uh, but it'd be different. You know, you need to get stuff out with, with LA, you know, you just hire a valet company, get stuff going, how they transported people. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was it. It kind of after a gallop and he just stayed a lot more mobile and kind of stayed away from Minnesota and like, Literally, like the, the 3121 house, you know, through people, through Paisley Park employees, it was called Paisley Park West. Oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> the other, Lots the, of fun memories. The one other um, property I thought was pretty interesting was uh, it was just a, an office building in Chanhassen that they said that that's where, I, I don't know what business there was, but he would use the parking lot to for shuttling people to and from paisley park for additional parking yeah that so, printing building. so yeah he wanted some he wanted some additional parking so yeah i'll just buy the office building so i can have people park there i mean and now, for the fans it, it all is, for the fans it is literally behind paisley it's down that road and you take a left and that's where the storage is at that's where the get off final rainbow chilling there's a bunch of other stuff that's there i figured they're using it as just storage offsite Absolutely. storage from paisley park so you know when they sometimes you get some stuff like the get off final that would show up it was from there oh. there's a bunch of stuff in there so that's the place we want to go visit. <laughs> that's the place that if anyone breaks into, you guys are going to hell, man. <laughs> don't sucks. touch anything. Don't touch it. I don't think you can get in there. There's just a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I've drove by there uh, in January. We showed it so I can verify. Um, that is one of the properties that he owned, but it's just kind of cool. The story, you know, like, hey, you know, we're going to be having a party there. Can they park there? What's interesting is, is yeah, it's around the corner. But if you park there, it's kind of a long walk, especially if you're dealing with the Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, especially in cold. January, yeah. <laughs> You'll be frozen by the time you get to the gates. And just it's weird because when we have the celebrate when we go to the celebrations, you're able to park on the side, not so much by Paisley, but the side of mm-hmm. the street, and then you couldn't do that anymore. Aside from where um, the preschool was yeah. and that side street, you could park there, but the rest of the street was off limits. Then they kinda like you have to park across the street, and that was a little bit of a turducken (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it just so many great memories well we're definitely gonna have to take the tour of the properties and go around and do the old you know the tourist thing when we go the next well you next time you go well i hope you go too uh not this time there's someone i'd like to go show some stuff around some things that even i haven't seen but I would do that for them. Um, we'll see what the future holds. You never know. You know, I've never been to Graffiti Bridge. That's the one place I want to go to. I've never been there either. But everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge. Everybody's yeah. looking for it. Everybody's looking for love. I'm going to go find a ladder in Minneapolis too. Probably have to go to a Home Depot or like a Lowe's. Do they have those there? They have a Menards. Okay. Do they have ladders in Menards? <laughs> Menards has everything, and that just reminds me. Like we're gonna get into that. The family, we gotta get into like the family beef, the time beef, the prince beef, especially like recently, because you know the family like recently when they had to switch the name, and then they kind of um had hot summer playing in the background and had like a Menards commercial that they freaking made. Menards, come for all your garden supply needs. Cool. And they were just kind of like they're kind of dissing that hot summer sound like a commercial ad. That's why Menards kind of stood out to me. I'm sure people in Minnesota are going to laugh at that or other people that 
have that in the Midwest. Out here, it's kind of like our Home Depot or stuff like that. Or uh, another one that the color is in my head right now, but not the name. Jeez, man, like have we missed? Have we missed anything this week? We talked about seeing the online museum, which we really want to spend more time on, but we can't anymore. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We 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 forgot to mention it on last week's episode, so we're like, oh, we'll just we'll just mention it on next week's. And as soon as we start to record, we see that it was taken offline. And it reminds Dang. me, like Spreecast is gone now. And by the way, I, I downloaded a bunch of episodes, but there's some early ones. I'm waiting on the other person that didn't put me on as a producer to now send me it. So now it's kind of, it's not held captive, but I kind of got tired of having to contact him last week. You know, I'm like trying to do a bunch of things and then. You know, first they're like, you know, you're going to give me credit. I go, of course. And then it's like, oh, I didn't record them all. I'm like, dude, I wanted them all, not just the ones with guests. So we're going to be able to get some more archive episodes. Is that what you're hoping for? Well, to put them on YouTube for people to see. and Oh, have, the video. But yeah, the video would be cool. It just sucks because there's no chat, but it's video of me, which you don't really want to see video of me. <laughs> hey, but yeah. no, I have all the guests too. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I just have been working on that. Thanks for bringing that up about it. But yeah, I just, I want everyone to have everything, but it just reminds me like sometimes we would tell people like, Hey, there's a new song up. There's a new, there's a new video up on YouTube that Prince will put on his official counter, new photos. I would always tell them, get it while you can. Cause it won't be there. You better watch it. It may be gone. Right. By the time he wakes up, he could change his mind. You know, like sometimes I do this all the time. I'll put a Facebook status update. I'll write something put out there about my diabetes or whatever. And then I'll wake up and I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I probably like, I put up some stuff there past few days. I forget everything back on track. I'm probably going to delete all them. That's what I usually do. Hmm. That's why I like when I'm trying to find stuff from on this day, I can't find that much is because I didn't go and end up deleting it. And, um, you know, but that's what it is now is like, we're here. We are saying we're going to talk about the online museum and then poof gone. So yeah, get it while you can. right? Yeah. It's all about, that life ain't it it's all about that pop life (laughs) and on that note you guys i want to thank you so much for tuning in we have much more for you coming up in the future with other things going on um but you know how it is much love to you all but life ain't real funky unless it's got that pop peace (laughs) 